Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Now, from Wichita's most listened to sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. This is Sports Daily with Jacob Albrocht and Tommy Kester. Oh boy. Man, it's I hate it so much for Shocker basketball. I want them to be good. It is it is this time of year, Tommy. It's like this football. I love just like consuming the Shockers. It is like this little pro team, I say little only because it's, you know, college basketball, but it is like having a pro team in town. I need them to be good, and I need this turnaround to come quick. It's not coming this year, uh, but it needs to come quickly, and I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful that it's an offseason full of buzz and excitement for the fan base, but look, I get it. I get why it's a, it's an uneasy time for Kevin Saul and everybody. You got to get this right. You stake everything on this, and you know, building long-term programs is the goal, but is it the reality? I don't know, and and we'll see. The fans will tell that story, right? If they're willing to stick with it, I'm not sure. I know that the you know the game is changing. I know it's difficult for fans to see you know first-year coaches in other places in the league find success right away. All these things are hard to see as a fan. And we'll see how it sticks and what sticks and what players stick and all these things. But it's. It's an uneasy time, and it, it really is. Like, it's not a lot has changed in the last week, except you felt like those were, at least one of them, should be a winnable game. And it, But it does sort of continue, Tommy, this, like, seeing a ceiling and a floor so far apart for this team and just seeing it at different points at different times. I don't know. I, I it, Well, I, I do know. It makes it better to see some ceiling in there. It would be far worse if it was only floor you were seeing, right? It does make it better to see ceiling, but it also adds to a frustration. We're like, man, why can't they channel that? Like, right? Can't they take the the best of it and put it together consistently? Because you do feel like at times when you see them play the top end of this league down to the wire on you know occasion after occasion, it's like that that give me that give me that consistently. It's just it's tough. It's tough for everybody. It's I mean I know obviously it's tough on the coaches and players too. Um, and the other part of it is, I think, Tommy, when, when we talk about these things, and it's the question I get the most from fans, n- bar none, not even close. Like, I, it wasn't like this with, it wasn't like this with Isaac Brown. And when you talk about program building, 
you took that away when they were finding some moderate success. I think the challenge is when you're in Kevin Saul's position specifically is you're never going to negatively, at least he's not, that's not his personality. There are probably some people out there that would, but he won't come out and and give you those reasons publicly. I'm not going to say anything negative about somebody publicly. And so I can respect that, but it does make the it does make the challenge of getting people to buy into the building process a little bit more difficult. And so, you know, the easy answer is for this team to just start winning a bunch of games. And, you know, Paul Mills, if you go back and look at his resume, it, it was not great in year one at Oral Roberts. And then they did, you know, raise the bar a little bit into that final season that catapulted him into this job. But, you know, some of those middle seasons were, you know, 17 wins, 18 wins. Is that going to be enough? I don't think that's going to be enough. I mean, I think the program building is that this is a tournament team every year. That's the expectation here is that this team is in the tournament, in the postseason every year. Basically what Memphis has achieved, and I know Memphis has fallen apart this year, so that maybe that's not the best example, but bigger picture to level of success, I think it is. It's, it's hard to get there. We are impatient. The transfer portal has made it worse. You know, what, what was already a societal issue of impatience, the transfer portal has amplified tenfold, and and it's all a piece of this bigger puzzle in this new frontier, and we'll... We'll just have to see how quickly it comes in the short term and the, you know, in the micro, you hope that they can win two winnable games against teams that are below them in the net at home this week. That's what I meant by blowing it up and, and starting right. over is that uh, in the world of a transfer portal, you can do that. Uh, it used to be for the most part, you were kind of stuck with your roster and you needed to recruit better, you know, to try to get a fresh new set of players in so you could start to turn that over. Um, it's, it's a little bit different now. Now, obviously, you know, and, and Kevin mentioned this in, in the interview that they've got a couple of high-level recruits coming in, and that's great. Um, but, you know, in today's impatient world with the transfer portal, you can blow it up and kind of start over. And so, you know, I don't know. I think that the, the next several games as we go to the conclusion of this season uh i think a lot of it needs to be an evaluation process it needs to be an evaluation process with the players on the court and how many of them are going to be key figures in rebuilding this program i don't know the answer to that because i don't have that uh that evaluation um experience uh, you know i'm i'm not i'm not that guy all I can say is that that evaluation has better, it better be going on now. It better continue as the rest of this season rolls on. So there is a, a better plan put in place for next season and moving forward. I was thinking about it uh, earlier. And if you would have told me or anybody else, I'm guessing you're in the same boat. If you would have told us back in October of 2020, that this is where the program would be a little over four years later uh, or three years later, I wouldn't have believed you. Uh, I mean, it's been, this program has gone through monumental change since 2020 when Greg Marshall was fired and Darren Boatwright was fired and Kevin Saul is brought in and Isaac Brown is brought in and then removed. And now Paul Mills is in place. This program has probably gone through a decade worth of changes in the matter of three years. And so I do have sympathy for that. And I know that the current coach and the current athletic director have nothing to do with where this program was when they inherited it. I absolutely sure. believe that. The, the issue is that 
it's now on their shoulders to turn it around and get it to a place right. where the expectations the are yeah. being are being met uh, by this community, by the stakeholders, by the donors, by you know the fan base, by everybody that cares about Shocker basketball in this community. That's easier said than done, and I know that, and I know that you and I can sit here and we talk about it constantly. We're not the ones doing it, so we are in a position where we get to talk about it because it is easier well, said we than have, done. We don't we have, have to do the doing. Too. So I get that. I no, 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 I'm not. I'm not discounting that. But what I'm saying is that I know that I'm not in those meetings. I know that I'm not sitting in that chair. I know I'm not on the sideline. I know I'm not in the practices. I know I'm not watching film. You know, I'm, I know I'm not the one doing all of that. And so I come from it from a very top level perspective, but at the same time, I do believe that as of now, as we know that this program is not going anywhere this season, barring a miracle conference tournament run, they're not going anywhere this season. So now I'm setting my eyes to the future to how to make sure that this does not happen again. Yeah. Look, I I think that everybody plays a role when you talk about, the bigger picture part of a program and its impact on the community and all these things. We have a role to play. I'm not going to sure blow smoke up anybody's tailpipe ever. I, I hope I can promise you at least that like anybody can get up here and do that. It's not it, it, like accountability and interest and being a voice for the fans when they don't have one is a big part of what we do. No, I don't know anything about the 95 different types of screen sets that need to be run. But I also am not going to get paid eight and a half million dollars to do this job. Right. That's not my job. My job is to be a voice for the fans and to help try to get fans answers to the questions that they have. And I'll always try to do that, even as as uncomfortable as that might be sometimes. But it does take everybody, you know, when, when. when you have a level of impact on the community that that program has in recent years, that is a it is truly a community effort. You have to have engaged businesses that want to be supporters. You have to have an engaged fan base. You have to have an engaged donor base. You have to have a successful you know coach, which is the most important part of it. And you have to well, no, second most important part of it. And then you have to have successful players, which is the most important part of it. And so all those things have to happen. Well, a lot of that stuff had been unraveling for, you're right, a few years. And now the mess is inherited, and it's got to be cleaned up. But it's it all runs so hand-in-hand, hand, it does add to the difficulty of the task. And, you know, if you're inside that program, I mean, the blinders have to go up, and you just have to trust the process that's helped you find success your entire career because you don't get to the positions that people at the university there are in if you haven't been successful your entire career. So, you know, it's hard to do. I get it. You distract it. And, you know, everybody wants the same goal. We all want that program. I've never met anybody that lives in this city that doesn't want that program to be successful, right? KU fans and K-State fans that live here want that program to be successful. It's good for our community. It drives our local economy. It drives, you know, Uh, the experience on campus for an entire university, for fans, for everybody. So we all want the same thing, but you understandably, everybody's frustrated right now that it's not coming and there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, Expectations matter. You don't, you don't achieve these things without those expectations. So we'll see. They got, they got two winnable games this week. Go get them. And we'll see there. You know, the good news is we know they always have a puncher's chance in the tournament. They've showed us that no matter what they do the rest of the regular season, we know that at any night they could beat any team in this league. So you can still hang your hat on that. 
and, and you know, hopefully have better weeks than what we had last week. All right, we owe Shreyas Lada a visit. Let's, let's take care of some housekeeping here. Uh, first and foremost, we're going to tell you about an opportunity to go to, uh, well, the College Hoops Championship Tournament in Kansas City. That's KFH and Taco Bell partnering to give you that opportunity March 13th through the 16th to cheer on those Kansas teams up there, uh, or any team if you happen to live here and cheer for one of the others. This trip includes two all-session tournament passes and three nights hotel accommodations. To enter, simply text TBBIG to the number 20357. If you want a complimentary breakfast burrito, you can go to kfhradio.com, click on the events page, download the voucher, and then head to any Wichita and surrounding Taco Bell locations, excluding Hutchinson, your chance to see the College Hoops Championship Tournament and snag a complimentary breakfast burrito from Taco Bell happens here on KFH. When we come back, we will get to KU, who had the best weekend of the three schools that we follow. We'll talk about some Jayhawk hoops next. and 1240 KFH. It's that time, Sports Daily, getting all the inside information on the Kansas Jayhawks. Let's go now to the KU football and basketball beat writer from the Kansas City Star, Shreyas Lada. And we come back and we talk a little KU. Shake off the, the bad energy from rough weeks on college basketball. It was not for KU. The Jayhawks get... One of their biggest wins of the year, you know, look, it wasn't against the most impressive team or anything like that, but Shreyas, as we look at it, um, it was a game on the road. That's the first check mark. They got 10 minutes from Nicholas Timberlake off the bench. He did not turn the ball over. Uh, meaningful bench minutes. So you kind of check two boxes with this one. Meaningful bench contributions, I think, and a road win. And now a week off. That feels pretty good today for KU basketball. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I agree with everything besides the meaningful bench contributions. I thought Jamari did a, a decent job in the minutes that he played, uh, but still talked about it. He played the bench six minutes in the second half because they switched up defensive scheme, uh, so they wouldn't give up as many threes. I think uh, they switched them ball screens, um, and I think Oklahoma went one of ten or one of eleven after hitting I think seven or eight in the first half. Um, so other than that, I mean, I think it was a great win by Kansas. You know, I, I don't think the Timberlake did anything particularly well, as good as he's done the, the two previous games, offensive end wise. But I guess, like you said, if the bar is not, you know, turn the it's ball no over, turnovers. You did that. It's <laughs> yeah. it's just come into the game, come into the game, and don't just gift wrap it for the other team. Like honestly, for me, like we just, like for KU, you just need to give the starters a chance to catch their breath. I don't think they need the production, do they? They just need the starters to be able to rest. I think I think that is is pretty true. I mean, I'm sure they'll need the production against some better teams. I mean, Oklahoma was down two key bench players, uh, and one of them is a guy who's averaging 13 in league play, so he would have definitely helped. But, I mean, I, I had a feeling this team was going to beat Oklahoma. I, they're not very good on the offensive end. They're a good defensive team, uh, you know, and, and – like, the shooting was a mirage. Anyone could have told you the shooting was a mirage. I had a feeling the shooting was a mirage because, you know, they're not a, that great of a, you know, three-point shooting team. I think they were shooting 32% deep coming into the game in league play. Um, so it was a good win for KU. Uh, I don't know what to make of it because in the sense of it's important they get rest, and I think they're going to come out, beat Texas at home, beat K-State at home. 
the last two games of the season, Baylor and Houston, you know, it could go, they could sweep both of them. That basically guarantees them, I think, the Big 12 title, it feels like. Or it could be something like where they split one and, you know, they get second or third in the conference. But where KU sits right now is a lot more favorable than it's that, you know, just even two games ago. I was a little surprised when I saw that Kevin McCuller was going to play um, because in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, so they can rest him against Oklahoma on the road, uh, continue, you know, having him rehab. And then you get an entire week off before you're back at home taking on. T- so that gives you more time to get McCuller up. Go, but he played 35 minutes in the game on Saturday, 10 points, eight rebounds. Did you notice any kind of limitations from McCuller? What did you assess from him in his return on Saturday? I mean, I think Bill talked about it best in the sense of like, yeah, he wasn't his usual self and he was trying to figure out his rhythm, but he played within himself and he hit the biggest shot of the game, that three-pointer that gave Kansas the lead. And if he wasn't there, Kansas probably loses that game with how they were playing in the first half, you know? Uh, So I I didn't really notice too much. I definitely think it's going to be one of those things that, you know, the the bone bruise thing is something they need to monitor. Having a week off can only help him and the rest of the Kansas team. I think Hunter Dickinson mentioned it afterwards that this was the best he felt in two months. And I noticed that too, because he dunked the basketball, I think one time, which he hasn't done in a long time. Uh, So limitation wise, I didn't see anything too crazy. I think he was just a little out of rhythm and, and, you know, getting back to his usual conditioning after not playing for nearly two weeks. Uh, How big will this week off be? Do you think, from from what you gather and how much this t- I, I they got to you know get a little bit of a long week there and get the rest so if you know five days rest uh, cured a little of what ailed them before Oklahoma how much do you think seven days rest then does this team good this is the last stretch of big rest that they're going to have the rest of the season they won't have it again how important is it I mean do you put them on ice do you practice hard or how do you handle it. I think it's going to be, you know, very important. I think it's going to be one of those things that Bill probably practices them a little bit, but probably not go as hard as he could have gone. Because I think, like you said, he knows that this is the last real stretch of the regular season and really for tournament play starts where they have this long of a rest. And it's clear that these guys need some time to rest and recuperate. You know, Juan and both uh, Dickinson talked about how excited they are for the week off to kind of just relax a little bit. And I don't blame them. It's been a long season. It's been a lot of, you know, sun, uh, Saturday, Monday games the last couple of weeks. So that's definitely taken a toll on the legs. And um, I think this Kansas team is going to come out rejuvenated, feeling good. They're going to probably beat Texas because Texas is not very good, period. But I think, you know, they're going to look really good against Texas. They're going to beat K-State at home. And then the fun begins when they play Baylor and Houston on the road. Well, this is a really difficult stretch this week for the top team in the Big 12 the Houston Cougars, they play Iowa State at home uh, tonight on Big Monday, and then they're on the road this weekend taking on Baylor. Uh, so there could very easily be a scenario where, you know, Kansas a game and a half back right now with that week off, where they could be right back in the mix to compete for a Big 12 championship. So as we are looking ahead to not only this weekend against Texas, I mean, I think you mentioned it a couple of minutes ago. What do you think it's going to take from, you know, obviously you're going to need a little bit of help from these other teams, but what do you think from the Jayhawks perspective they have to do to be able to get back into the race for the Big 12? Well, I think, I mean, you know, you need to keep playing the level of defense they played against Oklahoma. They had their best, one of their best defensive halves of the year 
Uh, they limited Oklahoma to four made shots. I mean, you don't hear that often. Four of like 18, I think that's uh, a four of 22 is like that, 18% from the field, which is nuts. Uh, you need to have that kind of level. Maybe not quite that, but, you know, a similar level defense that stays consistent at times when you need it. Um, you know, obviously the typical stuff, don't turn the ball over, you know, make sure the guys are healthy, uh, you know, let Johnny keep doing what he's doing, you know, in the sense of he's averaging 14, 15 since basically he's starting and he's kind of really found his role on the team. Uh, but the biggest thing is you can't get behind on the road. I think it puts them in a tough position against good teams on the road when you're down big because it takes a lot of effort to just try and claw back. And a lot of times it doesn't happen or they fall just short uh, just because of the fact. Uh, the matter is, it's, uh, you know, it's a tough environment wherever you go in the Big 12 to win the road. And Baylor and Houston are going to be really, really tough environments. I think Kansas will probably win one of those out of the two. Uh, I don't know which one, but I'd probably say uh, the Baylor game they'd win. Well, I, look, I can't wait to see how they use it and if they can just get you know, a burst of energy and go, go tight. I, I, I still don't know, even after a nice win against Oklahoma, how to look at this team in the tournament. I, I don't think it's, ma- I mean, maybe, maybe it is, maybe, you know, this, is it a matchup thing this year in the tournament? Is it a, you know, hopeful that nobody gets into foul trouble thing in the tournament? I, I think more, most importantly, obviously is that everybody's healthy, but I don't, it's not as clearly defined to me as far as like the path and what kind of team they play against. But if it is, what would that be? Like, who does Kansas want to match up with? What style is best yeah. fitted for their wins? You want to play teams that are slower, uh, filled with people with big men, you know, can't shoot the basketball. Um, you want to, you don't want to play teams that can shoot the ball. I think that's one of the biggest issues Kansas is going to face this year. Whoever they play is if this team can shoot the heck out of the three ball, and they get hot, Kansas can very well be sent out early. Uh, I think because of the fact that we've seen it, they've every game, but I think uh, the Cincinnati game, I wrote about it, they've been outshot from three in Big 12 play. That's nuts to me. If you're playing at a disadvantage from three-point land every game, basically, whether it's nine points or 15 points, it's really tough to win basketball games. But Kansas's defense has been good enough for them to win more often than not at home. And, you know, they've, I mean, they've won every game at home, sorry. And, and on the road, you know, they just captured their second road conference victory. The big thing for them is it's definitely, I think, to come down to matchups. I don't think the, the college basketball field outside of Utah is particularly amazing this year. I could see Kansas making a run if they can stay healthy, uh, if they don't play teams that can shoot the ball really well, um, if they can get maybe a Nick Timberlake or uh, El Marco Jackson or Jamari McDowell game in the tournament to help out when they need some scoring or whatever else they need. Um, you know, I, I'm a little more optimistic about this Kansas team than I was maybe a week ago, but I think ultimately it's a flawed team, but because the field is filled with flawed teams, it's going to come down to matchups. Let's talk about the Longhorns this weekend. Shreus. I feel like this is a team that has a tremendous amount of talent with Tyrese Hunter and Max A. Smith and Dylan Disu. Like they've got really big time playmakers, but they've definitely underperformed this season under Rodney Terry, getting blown out uh, just the last couple of days against Houston by 21 points. What do we know about them? Do you feel like this is a team that could potentially jump up and bite the Jayhawks, or do you think Kansas matches up well? 
he has managed up really well. Obviously, talent is talent, right? So talent can play out, and sometimes upsets happen. But, you know, Kansas is going to come off a long rest. They're going to be rested, recuperated. I mean, I just don't see this Texas team beating Kansas at home. If they beat Kansas at home, then we have a lot of bigger issues because, you know, like Rodney Terry has just not had the, the best second season uh, I think Texas fans are hoping for. And, you know, it'll be interesting because obviously they go to big, uh, the SEC next year. So I think it'll be a little easier than Big 12, but the SEC is no joke either. Um, but, you know, I think, like you said, relative to the expectations, this Texas team has been a disappointment. Um, but they have a lot of talent, some talent that will probably be playing in the NBA within the next year or two. And, um, you know, anything can happen. But I, I'd be surprised if Kansas loses them. And I think uh, Bill Self is just too good of a coach, and he'll have his team ready to go at home uh, because, uh, you know, that's what he does best. Big 12's back in play, everybody. We'll see if they can get it done. They get to play two of the teams they trail, so that certainly helps. In fact, they get to play all three of the teams they trail. Uh, Shreyas, we appreciate it. You can find Shreyas works at the uh, work at the Kansas City Star. Uh, you can follow Shreyas on social media. Enjoy uh, a few extra days off, and then we'll be right back here next week to talk about the big one this weekend. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys. There goes Shreyas Lada joining us as he does uh, every week. Our KU insider always appreciate that. It was that was a it was good to see for KU. Now the rest will be the best thing to see. Just plain and simple. Uh, President's Day. I, look, Tommy, I don't know how we're surviving it without some caffeine. Appreciate Prairie Fire Coffee for, you know, feeding everybody. Jad, he's got a lot of coffee to drink this morning up at the uh, Odyssey Studios. Just he and Steve up there. Uh, I, Jad, how many cups of Prairie Fire Coffee have you had this morning? Nine, ten? I, <laughs> I was in... I who was in who yesterday. Talks, who, who's, who's talking about anything? Yeah. Who, 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 what, what's, what's happening right now? <laughs> Whenever I go in. So I was in yesterday for a CBS shift. And, man, I, I never drink more coffee than when I do those just because I, that, like, four or five hours or whatever when you're so, like, I just need the heat on my voice. And I just run through that prairie fire. It's so good. We appreciate them uh, for providing us some coffee up at the Odyssey, Odyssey Studios. All right. It's let's really take good. a quick break. We'll, yeah. <laughs> well played, Jack. Well played. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We'll come back. Your thoughts on anything. We've been uh, tied up on the phone lines today, but we'll open them up for the rest of the time. KFH Hotline, 869-1240. We'll come back. More Sports Daily after this. Time to get back to the sports talk. All right, let's do this thing. Go. Sports Daily is on KFH. Welcome back, everybody. Wildcat basketball tonight, and you can hear it right here on 97.5, 1240 KFH, and for free on the Odyssey app, Wildcat basketball, 8 o'clock on KFH after the Shocker Coaches shows, the Brian Green show at 5, the Terry Nooner show at 6, the Paul Mills show at 7, uh, all on KFH. It is a busy, busy night of programming. Happy President's Day. You can simply download the Odyssey app and search for KFH if you're not around your radio tonight as well. Uh, NBA All-Star Weekend, cue the annual tradition of everybody complaining about an All-Star uh, game and exhibition and all of these things. And I just contend with always, why do we care? 
Um, you don't care about you don't nobody cares as much as they pretend to care about how much they can't watch it. Don't just don't watch it. It's an exhibition game. You don't watch any of them anyway. Very few people do, uh, relatively speaking. Might watch the Major League Baseball All Star Game. You know what? It's fine. I'll tell you what I did tune into uh, was Steph versus Sabrina. I did jump in on that real quick. I didn't realize it was you know I I'd heard about it for a while and then I was just scrolling around. What night did that happen? Saturday night. And I'm like, oh, I forgot about that. And I saw it, and I I turned it on just in time. I thought that I love that idea. By the way, I thought it was really cool. But I'm not I'm not watching the slam dunk contest featuring Mac McClung and Jaquez. Like I don't have any interest in that. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know what like, happens? I, you know what happens when you complain too much about an All Star game? The NFL Pro Bowl happens. That's what happens. And now it's cares. a flag football game. So you complain yeah. about how it's not competitive, which is what it should be. I mean, I and then it turns into something that's completely unwatchable. You know, I'm 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 even less interested in the Pro Bowl now than I was when it was an actual game. So I don't I just I didn't watch the All Star Game. I don't care about the All Star Game. No, but I'm not complaining about it. I'm not saying that they need to make all these changes because it's an All Star Game. Who There's cares? Nothing just they don't can watch do. it. There's nothing they can do that's going to make you watch it. Now maybe yep. what they've lost is the slam dunk contest, right? Historically, mm-hmm. that's the thing you would watch. They've lost that. Right. And and the Steph versus Sabrina thing was cool. I, I hope they continue something to that effect. But, you know, Major League Baseball gets the home run derby that that helps. Right. That that's yep. a big part of it. I think that's why football. Well, I think the home run derby is more challenges. fun than the actual all-star game for Major League Baseball. Yeah, it, it probably has surpassed it. Um, the, the things that interested me, though, are the things that Adam Silver was talking about with the 65 game rule and, you know, the the impact that NIL is having on the G League. I think those were the interesting things. One, I don't know if the 65-game rule is perfect, but I do think it's a good attempt at solving what is the the biggest challenge right now for the NBA, and that is that people are not going to get invested into the regular season when they don't think the star players are going to play. When you don't think that you're getting maximum effort, why watch it? Why would I watch that? I'll watch college basketball where I know that's happening, and I'll just jump into the NBA playoffs where I know I'm getting max effort. That's a challenge for the NBA. And look, Major League Baseball had a challenge that it just solved uh, for the most part. And so this may not be where it ends, but it's a good start. And, you know, players, you're going to have to deal with it, man. You're going to have to do your job. And what the, the, the hardest part of it, it's just like the shift. This analogy just keeps sticking out to me. So the shift and the three true outcomes thing kept happening because it was helping teams win, but it wasn't the best thing for the fans, right? Load management is helping teams win, but it's not what's best for the fans. And ultimately, you got to do what's best for the fans. And so these things I think will be good. I think that'll get star players out there. I think that will help. But I did think that was interesting. And then the G League. You know, Adam Silver talking about, you know, he's got to reevaluate the G League now because players want to go to college because they can make NIL. Well, mission accomplished there for college. That's not a challenge. That's a good thing for college basketball. I think some people took that as a, you know, as a bad thing and a challenge. And I'm like, no, now we get the best players in college basketball where they belong, where we'll actually watch them play. Imagine that you pay college athletes. They might want to stick around a little bit longer and play for your university. I mean, who would have ever thought that who would have ever thought that we would be in this place right now where the NBA G league is not the most appealing place for a a college basketball player to go. Maybe it's better for them to try to cash in a little bit at their current institution and stick around. Oh, and by the way, get some kind of education while they're there. And at least they're being compensated for their time. 
I mean, it's a, it's a shocking uh, situation. It, it's, it's crazy. It's taken this long and there's been so much hand wringing to try to prevent it. And now we're at this place right now. I, I, I agree with you. I mean, I think this is absolutely the best thing possible for college basketball and honestly, the NBA as well. And no, it's not perfect, right? It's not NIL is not perfect, uh, but it will it will be it will get there. It will get there. Uh, a couple other things that I've seen this morning uh, that I did not see over the weekend. <laughs> did you see Des Bryant hit a 13-legger uh, in college basketball? I did not. No, I, I so he that. bet like he bet like seven hundred and fifty dollars on a 13-leg parlay. This this reminds me of our buddy Matt Gerstner. Uh, he, he fires off his ticket of a 13 legger. He hits it and won like a half a million dollars. Like wow. <laughs> good for Des. Uh, I'm happy for you, Des. Uh, it was the final leg was Nevada beating UNLV. Um, that's, that's so cool. That is so cool. You know, so if we, if we scale that down, uh, to, you know, to what we bet, he had, he had, uh, plus, Five fifty four thousand two hundred and fifteen odds on that. Uh, so I don't know what that would equate on like a ten dollar bet like we make on those things. Did he get a was profit boost on that by any chance? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know <laughs> if he had a booster on there. Thirteen legger. I I remember I've had like I've had a ten legger get nine a ten before. Yeah. I think yeah. that's about the highest I've ever with with the tenth leg being the last game too. Like that was you know the finale game. It was back before these things were legal uh when i was young and stupid and like i don't even remember how i was betting but i i i found a way and and like it was the most agonizing and then i immediately stopped after that until it became probably yep. until it became legal or i was at a sports book i was like i'm never doing that again that was excruciating uh and now it's easy you can do it. call from mom answer it call silenced instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game that's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device. Credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. For like five dollars or whatever, uh, but I I thought that was fun that I saw here this morning. Um, hey, by the way, agency... I was going to ask you: uh, Are you yeah. going to lock into the Daytona Five Hundred today? Because it got rescheduled uh, no. to today from yesterday. No, no I'm not. Um, 
look, I used to be a part of this show when we would have NASCAR talk every week, and I didn't pretend to know or care about NASCAR then. I'm not mm-hmm. going to pretend to know or care about NASCAR now. I appreciate it. I want to get to a live race up at the Kansas Motor Speedway very badly. Um, I love the fanfare of it. I drive a Kia. Cars and engines and that, va- <laughs> like, I don't have a need for speed. I have a need for a speed limit. Like, I'm not a car person. I can't, like, I can't truly appreciate it. This is the way it is. Like, I no, I don't have much interest in it. I love the drivers, though. I love, like, I just want to go, like, hang out at a NASCAR race badly. But when you start talking to me about, you know, the, the parts of a car engine, I'm out. I'm out. Like, I just fix it. Make it work and don't screw me. I need to know enough to not get screwed by a mechanic, and that's about it. Yeah, I don't really follow NASCAR either. I just, I mean, isn't the Daytona 500 like the one that kicks everything it's off? It's a big one. Like, it's yeah, the it's big, big one. one. And, and typically, it would have been, what, yesterday? But because of weather, they rescheduled it to today. There's yep. really, I mean, come on, on a Monday afternoon, what, I mean, what else is there? On a day where people kind of have the day off, a lot of people do, um, you know, could be something good to lock into this afternoon. You remember when I said it was going to be nice and sunny outside? Whatever my day ends up being, I hope it's outside. Yeah, we, I mean, we're like mid-50s in February with sunshine. Like, I just, I, I, I got to do something. No, I'm play not going to be. Should we go out and play some golf? Uh, call my wife and ask her. <laughs> you call my wife and ask her. Yeah. See if that's yeah. okay. Yeah, let's, uh, let's, let's, let's see how that pans out. No, I may go run drills with my daughter and get ready for tonight's basketball game. Um, we got a big game coming up tonight. No, that that's that's going to be. I, I actually have work to do. I have to do a lot of work, and I've got to get it done before that basketball game. Uh, I just want to do it outside, and maybe they'll figure out a way how to do that. Uh, it is uh, it is beautiful weather this week. We know it's not going to last. You know, there's going to be some nasty stretch coming in, and it will derail us. Uh, real quick, Tommy, big one, big one tonight. I might be interested in this uh, for an eight o'clock tip. Iowa State at Houston? Come on now. That's good. That is good stuff. I don't know if Iowa State can go down there and get that win. Houston's favored by nine points. Houston is in as good a position to win a national championship as it has ever been. I mean, and they are winning by these margins. Nine points tonight at home over Iowa State, who's 20-5 and this season. That is wild to think about, but that's the line. I will probably spend a little time with that this evening once the kids go to bed. Well, I'll tell you right now, the University of Kansas, the Jayhawks, they're going to be watching that game pretty closely tonight uh, because, they, I mean, it's going to have a. Well, I mean, you know, somebody's on... going to lose, right? Like, well, yeah. Do you even care who loses? You need them both to lose. So, I mean, I suppose you'd want Houston to lose a, a home game more. Yeah. Um, but or do you right or do you want Iowa State to fall so you more securely try to get back into a one seed or, or a two in the NCAA tournament? There, there's a lot. I mean, it'll impact them. I just don't know what the best case scenario is. And then, of course, uh, we'll have K-State again. That's an eight o'clock tip against Texas. We'll have that one, too. I'm going to put them side by side uh, in the basement. Hey, on the way out, let's give away some uh, HTO tea and coffee. You can get an iced tea at any HTO location here in the Wichita Metro, East, West, or in Derby. You can get the coffee, the brew house coffee, iced or hot. That'll be available for you at East Wichita or Derby. Chad will get us a winner on the way out. We'll come back. We'll recap all of the things happening on KFH tonight next. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. 
news. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. A left 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months.